It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. Welcome back to the Barreled Up podcast, everybody. I am your host, Jim Riley. I thank you for coming in and listening to the podcast. I want to remind you to subscribe, rate, review, spread the word about the Barreled Up podcast. Tell your friends, recommend it, share it. Let's help spread this podcast. You, just by listening, subscribing, can help do that. So appreciate you guys in your efforts to help get this thing going. Today, I am joined by one of the top Dodgers, if not the top Dodger content creators on any social platform. Uh, I am joined by Doug McCain from Dodgers Nation. Doug, thank you so much for joining because I want to talk Dodgers. I want to talk NL West. There's an interesting MVP debate going on. We're going to get into all of that. Welcome, Doug. My guy, Jim Brown, you know I appreciate it, man. I love this show. You really keep me updated in the entire league, which I love. I'm always obsessed, locked into the Dodgers 24-7. But you rock with the entire league. I appreciate it. I know how hard that is to do, and I'm happy to be here, my man. Thank you again for coming in. So let's – we do, you know, on the YouTube channel, and here we, we will cover the whole thing. But I really want to dig into the West. I want to dig into the Dodgers. But I want to start with what happened – by the time you're hearing this, this may be yesterday, this may be two days ago, but today, the day of recording, the Angels rocked the baseball world today by waving six players, four of which they acquired at the trade deadline. Players that they gave up prospects for, they are now going to release to the open market for free. They don't have to get anything back. They get the financial freedom. That's what they're going for here. Now, if all of those players finds a new home, they will find themselves slightly underneath the threshold that will bring them a better draft pick when Otani eventually leaves. And Otani is certainly part of this conversation. But your thoughts on the Angels today, because releasing those six players, not, not only, there's two elements to this in my mind. 
They released the players that they gave prospects up for. That's that's a, a sin. But then also two of the other players that they released, Matt Moore and Hunter Renfro, they could have traded at the deadline and gotten prospects for because Matt Moore would have been one of the more coveted lefty arms and Hunter Renfro would have been one of the potential power bats that were out there. Your thoughts on the Angels, you being out there on the West Coast, what's your feeling? What's your take on this? Jim, this is the most Angels thing that I can think of, right? I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. about a team that went all into the deadline. You trade some of your top prospects. You get a Giolito. He was awful in Anaheim. And you try to add some pieces to try to make that postseason run. It was a last-ditch effort to try to show Shohei Otani that you are interested in winning, that you want to be a contender, that you want to have your first winning season. Because you look at that Angels team. Not only have they not sniffed the postseason with Shohei Otani, they haven't even had a winning season, okay? So you look at that right there and you say okay it kind of made some sense but when you look at the depth of the margins that they had it just never felt like they were realistically going to make the postseason to me it felt like you're investing in the titanic after it hit the iceberg right so Mm -hmm. i just don't love the fact that they made those moves in the first place as far as giving up some of these guys i mean look at where they are as far as the the cbt the competitive balance i mean they're right over it so if these guys get claimed, which most of them will by contenders, I think Renfro will go to a wild card team. It'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what happens with Giolito. We talked earlier before the show about the possibility of Preller and the Padres. Of course, they could be in last place. And as long as they're still mathematically in it, they're going to think that they can contend. So I yep. think, look, this is Artie Moreno basically waving the white flag. This is someone who just has not been able to produce a winner despite having two of the generational players in the sport. And it doesn't surprise me after the fact, but yeah, it's something that you're just almost kind of embarrassed for him and kind of the league at this point that, yeah, I mean, it just kind of feels like some guy who is like when you play Monopoly and you got that one person just kind of ruins the game for everyone. No one's going to play anymore. That's kind of how it feels like for me. Yeah, no. Uh, somebody on Twitter put it that this is a the equivalent of a, a fantasy football owner at the end of the year is going to make a playoffs. He's mad. He just releases everybody, creates an absolute frenzy uh, in Having the group. Been there, that guy in the past. <laughs> that's not that funny. Yeah, not, no. I, I, I've done that before. I'm so yeah, yeah. It's, it's I love that though. It's a great one. This is this is the death nail in the Otani situation, though, right? Any, anybody that was clinging to hope that the, hey, look. At least if we didn't make the playoffs, we showed Otani that we could go down swinging. We can acquire players. We can bring guys in. Well, now those players are gone. So this this is it, right? There is there is zero percent chance he's an angel moving forward, right? This that this the writing's on the wall after this, isn't it? Absolutely. I think 100%. I think you look at Otani and his relationship with this organization. He's professional. He was going to go out there and give it everything he had every single time he stepped out on the mound, every time he was in the box. And I think that, look, it, it almost felt like looking back that this was all optics from Artie Moreno. I don't think that right. inside that building, they realistically thought that they were going to catch fire and make a deep postseason run. I think this was Artie Moreno and him being a footnote in baseball history and not wanting to be a Babe Ruth type, right? Who trades away Shohei Otani. And he can, now he can look himself and say, okay, we made the trades at the deadline. We try to be a contender. We try to show Shohei we can contend, but he still walked anyway. It's right. not my fault, right? I think he wanted to save face from that standpoint. And if you're Shohei Otani, 
Scotty, why in hell would you want to go back to this organization? Why would you want to go to an organization that's just been so inept on so many levels? I think Perry Maniason, as far as the way he's handled the draft and focusing on pitching and kind of depth on the margins, I think that he definitely has taken some steps in the right direction, but it's too little too late. He needs to be on a contender now, and with him missing the entire 2024 season on the mound, presumably that, look, he needs to go somewhere where he can have an instant impact. And I think that he always wanted to be on the West Coast. I think that he is a loyal guy and that if the Angels had potentially made the postseason and you see Otani in a short series, they might even win a round. And I think there's mm-hmm. a good chance that maybe he does go back. Now, sure. so a couple ways I think about this, though, Jim, is that one – Okay, if you look at the value of Shohei Otani, people are acting like he's going from a $700 million player to a $350 million player. Me, personally, I still think there's teams out there that aren't even going to ask him for an incentive-based contract based on the innings pitch. I still think that we look at his marketability, what he does in sponsorships. I think that he's still going to get a big bag. But if you're the Angels and you say, okay, this is our meal ticket, right? This is the golden goose. We have to get our cash cow back. Maybe just go, okay, let's go crazy with it. Offer him $500, $600 million and see if he accepts it. Because, look, the reality is that Artie Moreno can afford it. Most baseball owners that are in the big markets can kind of flip that coin. So I think there's a couple ways to look at it is saying, okay, if they want to vastly overpay and Otani says, okay, I feel comfortable in Anaheim in the direction of this franchise maybe says okay I'll consider it but personally I think he wants to win I think Shohei Otani was talking to Jose Moda a few weeks ago and he told me that Shohei Otani when he was a kid he wrote out a list of all the things he wanted to accomplish in his life and it was very very specific and one of them was that he wanted to win a World Series by the age of 26 well guess what he's 29 so I think he's itching to at the very least make a postseason appearance I know he wants to win the fall classic yeah, I, I got to think that he goes somewhere that is already World Series bound. The, the, the Angels are, so there are a handful of teams every year that enter a season, World Series or bust. Anything less than a World Series championship is unacceptable. The Yankees are in that mode. Your Dodgers are in that mode. There are, there are a handful of other teams. The Rangers entered that mode this year. Teams come in and out of that mode. The Padres have been in that mode lately. The Braves are in that mode. So those those teams are around. Those are the teams that I think we need to look for for Otani. No, not a team that Otani looks at and says, okay, with me, they become a World Series team. They need to already be built similar to, and listen, I mean, Kevin Durant took a lot of heat for it going to Golden State. It's called a snake and all the, all the, all the negative things that came along with that. But Otani's going to be in a similar situation. He's going to be interested. Now, doesn't have to be the team that wins the World Series this year, but a team that is already built for it, which, and let's get, let, let's get it out of, let's get it out of the way. This will be our final talk on the, the, the Angels and Otani and, 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 and everything along those lines. It, it's got to be the Dodgers. Right, I mean, you can't. It can't be San Diego because he just saw what happened there. Um, it's not going to be the Giants. They're not. They're not World Series built. Um, Seattle would be fun and interesting, but if you had your choice between Seattle and the Dodgers, I think you would choose the Dodgers. I I I feel like it's the Dodgers or bust. Being closer to the Dodgers epicenter, do you agree with that? 
I mean, look, Seattle scares me a little bit. I don't know if you know yeah. this, but he spends his summers in Seattle. I find that mm-hmm. interesting. Of course, you have the Ichiro connections, and yep. Seattle feels like a potential landing spot. The Giants have always been a team when, Jim, when I wake up at 3.30 in the morning in a cold sweat, I envision him in a Giants uniform. And that's the right. team that scares me because yeah. from a stadium standpoint, it makes sense. When you look at that organization with Farhan Zaidi and the way they build their roster, it's similar to the Dodgers in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. They're able to optimize certain guys. So the Giants are a team that scares me. Yeah. And last year, I after Aaron Judge went back to the Yankees and go to the Giants, then Correa, he, the deal fell through with the Giants, and I said to myself, okay, this is the team that scares me, the San Francisco Giants. They need a brand-name player. They need a superstar because the attendance has not been fantastic. It slipped a little bit in San Francisco. They are looking for that marquee player. I think they'd be willing to go big on him. He checks the box off as far as a West Coast Mm -hmm. team, as far as a team that's shown the ability to have consistency. But to your point, I still believe my heart of hearts that Shohei Otani will be a Los Angeles Dodger for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned. I think it makes a ton of sense. Now, we we talk about this whole idea of, okay, he needs to be in the postseason. He needs to win a World Series. You mentioned Kevin Durant, right, the Golden State Warriors. The thing with Major League Baseball, if I'm Shohei Otani, I'm being realistic about this. The reality is you have teams in Major League Baseball that can get in the playoffs as a wild card and get hot. The Florida Marlins haven't even won their division. They have two World Series titles, right? So I think with the Dodgers bring is they're a perennial contender. You know you're going to get a ticket to the dance every single year. They are a team that's made the postseason the last 10 seasons consecutively. So from that standpoint, I think it makes sense. And also, if I'm Otani, too, I say, why didn't it work out with the Angels? Because they had me, one of the best players in the history yeah. of the game, right? The modern-day Babe Ruth times infinity, right? Yep. You had Mike Trout. You had stars on that team. What you didn't have, you didn't have pitching depth. You didn't have depth on the margins. You didn't have that ability to optimize guys. And if I'm showing Otani, I'm saying, what the Dodgers bring is – one, they can sign players like me. You have superstars like Mookie Betts, who's still in his prime, a superstar like Freddie Freeman, who's still in his prime. Mm-hmm. You also have pitching depth that's coming up, guys on the rise like Bobby Miller and Emmett Sheehan. You got Gavin Stone, who's looked better of late. And the focus on pitching as far as being the foundation of this organization. And then I think if I'm Otani, I'm saying, Look at the players they get just because they're the Dodgers. They got J.D. Martinez on a one-year deal despite the fact that he had multi-year offers out there because mm-hmm. you got Robert Van Scoy, you got the Dodgers. You have the ability to get guys back on track. So if I'm Otani, I'm saying if I want to win, the Dodgers make the most sense. Mm-hmm. You're in Los Angeles. They scouted him when he was in high school. I mean, I don't know if you remember when – Adrian Gonzalez went and gave him a gift basket and had a Dodgers jersey in it. And they got in trouble for a tampering. Mm-hmm. A bit. So mm-hmm. it felt like, hey, if you had the designated hitter in the National League back then, he would have been a Dodger already, in my opinion. Yeah. So it does feel like all signs point to that. But at the end of the day, it's still up in the air. And you just never know. Like I told you, I talked to Buster only about Shohei Otani. I've talked to Angels Insiders about Shohei Otani. You know what they tell me? That if anyone is pretending to know what Shohei Otani is going to do, they are lying. They're yeah. hashtag trust me, bro sources, because this guy, he keeps things close to the vest, his mm-hmm. agent from CAA. They don't talk much. I mean, so I think it's still very much up in there. And I think the number one priority is winning. And I think what makes it very interesting, Jim, and I kind of get your take on this is how this kind of opens it up as far as signing a longer term deal with some opt outs. Does he sign a shorter term deal sure. and it proves that he can pitch again and then get back to the market because we know teams are going to be willing to pay him $10, uh, give him 10 year offers, no matter what, even if he's right. 32, 33 years old. I mean, do you think that this kind of opens it up to the point where there's so much competition that mm-hmm. he just plugs in, wins a championship and then finds another destination? 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There is a very real chance, and, and I'm glad you bring that up because I don't think it's talked about enough, that Otani essentially enters into a contract where he can opt out after any 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 year like the LeBron contract, right? Where he can say, I'm done. Maybe he'll maybe he'll give you two years, but I don't think he'll give you any more than that because the last thing he wants to do is go down a road where he's got a 10-year contract and he's stuck with that team for the next 10 years unless he demands a trade. He is probably going to, again, at, at most, I can see him two-year chunks at a time. And, and maybe that's negotiated where he wants one year and teams say, well, we can't do that. That's too much risk. We'll do three year every three years. We'll give you an opt out, and they'll maybe meet in the middle. I mean, that's what Bauer had with the Dodgers. He every year he had the opt out. Uh, you, you normally see that on shorter deals, but I can see him having those opt outs pretty frequently. And again, maybe that is you know to the effect of, all right, I'm opting out of this thing after three years because I just want back to back MVPs. I want Cy Young, and I can get another ten year deal. At, a, at at 10 million more a year. But I don't know if it's going to necessarily come down to money for him because I do think there's a real chance that the Dodgers may not be the team that pays the most. I think there's a, there's a chance the Giants do offer more. But he he looks at it and he's comparing the rosters, he's comparing the situation. He's like, the Giants are always playing, and I don't mean to piss off any Giants fans, but they just seem to fall behind the Dodgers more times than not. If you simulate a season, if you simulate a season 10 times, the Dodgers nine times out of 10 are going to be ahead of, of the San Francisco Giants. And I feel like Otani looks at that, looks at the situation, and San Francisco may offer him $600 million, offer him dollars as if the UCL thing never happened. And the, and the Dodgers may say, we're not going above five. And he may say, you know what? I'd rather have a chance to win 10 titles with you than three or four with the Giants. Um, so, and I also, one, one other element that could be interesting, I think if he does go to the Dodgers, I think that makes it more likely that Kershaw comes back for one more year because how much would Kershaw love pitching with Otani in his final season? That's 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 one element here. Let's let's circle back. I want to get to your thoughts on this, on this 2023 season, this team, uh, because a lot of... A lot of fans, the MLB sort of looked at this 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 season for the Dodgers as not a reset, not a rebuild, not a but 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 sort of a taking the foot off the gas after the past offseason, not going in, going crazy on on any of the free agents. Uh, but here they are with the second best record. They are trying to chase down the Braves. There's a big series against the Braves coming up this weekend. So your thoughts on the Dodgers in 2023? Are they where you thought they would be? Are they better than what you thought they would be? Give me, give me your thoughts on this team this 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 year. 
I mean, I think you look at this team, and I was pretty much called a sunshine pump or a white pill because I predicted them to win 97 games and that they would win the division by five games. But they've actually exceeded my expectations, even though that was considered high at the time. They're on pace Mm -hmm. to win over 100 games now. They're running away with the division. You look at this team heading into the year, It was there's going to be a transition, right? It's going to be a big transition year for the Dodgers that they didn't go big in free agency. They didn't even get a Dansby Swanson or a Xander Bogarts. They didn't get a shortstop. And you had Gavin Lux heading into the year as the everyday shortstop. You didn't go out there and make any splashy hires or any splashy trades or acquisitions. And people thought this was going to be a step back. But the reality is that when you look at this organization, they're very calculated and smart with the way that they spend their money. Yes, they are willing to give 365 to Mookie Betts and $162 million to Freddie Freeman, but they want to maintain that flexibility this year. And you went out there and you got a J.D. Martinez. You got a Jason Hayward on a league minimum, a David Peralta on a one-year deal. And then you look at the starting rotation, Clayton Kershaw, before he got injured, he was pitching as well as he ever had in the last four or five years. He's someone that probably would have been the starter for the All-Star game for the second consecutive season. And Dustin May, he was really solid before he gets injured. I mean, look at the pitching to start the year. This just wasn't what we were used to. So it's really interesting that when you look at this entire season, it almost still feels like, okay, were there any ups and downs? I mean, Jim, this is the worst pitching that we had ever had in Los Angeles since they moved to L.A. Since 1958, the Dodgers have the lowest ERA in Major League Baseball, but they were bad. The bullpen was bad. As far as innings pitched, they were 26 in the league. So they didn't have some, they didn't have the stability as far as the starting rotation. The offense picked them up and you had two MVP caliber seasons from Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. But as far as heading into the year and the expectations, I can't think of one expert out there that picked the Dodgers to win this division. It was all about the Padres. The fan graphs projections had them winning 87 games. The over under was 92 to 94 games. And they are exceeding expectations. This is like secretary in the Belmont Stakes, the way they're running away with this division of 13 games. So, yeah, yeah, they have exceeded my expectations. But on the same note, Jim, I will say that it feels like the same thing every year, right? Death taxes and the Dodgers win the NL West. But I think a lot of people, like the fans that watch my show, the kind of the overall temperature of Dodgers fans is, yeah, this is fun. This is great. But we won 111 games last year and won one, just one game in the postseason. So, I mean, almost feel like this organization, save for 2020, it's like you get through the whole video game, but you can't beat the final boss, right? We have no problem getting to the boss. It's just kind of beating the final boss. So as far mm-hmm. as winning the division, I still think it's great. I still think they have the makings to be a better team in the postseason because some of the veterans they added in, they're just overall relentless approach at the plate. But yeah, I think there's no doubt about it. This team has ex- exceeded expectations in 2023. Yeah, they've been, they have been really good and really good as of late. That lead that you talk about has has materialized since the all-star break there it was uh it was a virtual tie i think there was a winning percentage different it was it was narrow in the dodgers favor but the arizona diamondbacks listen they slipped a little bit out of the break but still you got to give the dodgers credit they are on fire and they have something that they're going for to have that goal that goal of catching the braves is huge let me ask you this kershaw has been so good again this year and I talked about it with the Otani thing. Every year we, we wonder if he's going to retire. And I think if the Dodgers do get Otani, maybe Kershaw comes back for another run. Because why wouldn't you? That'd be a ton of fun just from a clubhouse perspective, from a, from a season perspective, from, from all that. Why doesn't he get the respect 
outside of Dodgers Nation. Still, I mean, this guy pitched. He was he was great in the World Series. Listen, I give the Dodgers credit for the 2020 World Series. I don't care. It was Dodgers and Rays. It's not like it was the Marlins against the guard guard. I mean, again, I don't want I don't want to dump on any team, but it's not like it was the Marlins against the Tigers. Um, in the World Series that year. It was two established teams that year in and year out are competing for their divisions. So I give you credit for that. I don't take anything away from uh, you know Kershaw being lights out in 2020. He was also good in the, night, uh, the 2018 uh, LDS. He was good in the NLCS in 2020. Why can't we get Clay? Is it, is it jealousy? Is it, what is it? Why can't we get more respect? Because he's been great this year. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think when you look at Clayton Kershaw's career, the only thing that complicates it is I think if you look on the surface, I think the casual fan might see, okay, there's an ERA north of five in the postseason. But we also see is this a guy that's pitched almost 200 innings in the postseason, right? And yeah. Early in his career, you had him going on short rest, putting this team on his back. And like you said, he's had really solid stretches in the postseason. The World Series you talk about, that was against the best team in the American League and the Tampa Bay Rays, right? And he had a 2-3-1 ERA in that series. I think for yeah. me, narrative-wise, it does feel like, 2017 I hate to open that wound here but 2017 he was dominant in game one 11 strikeouts no walks and then in game five he was cruising until you know the wheels fall off and we know why they didn't offer at one breaking pitch that entire game 51 breaking balls they didn't offer at him so let's say he pitches six or seven innings there and two-run ball, something like that, he's going to win that World Series MVP. And when you win Mm -hmm. that World Series MVP, you can put that narrative to rest, especially when you look at how grave an offensive team that Astros team was. So I think looking back, had he won that World Series MVP, he was right kind of in the twilight of his peak Mm -hmm. prime there, then he could have retired that day and gone down as a top 10 pitcher in Major League Baseball. Now, I still think he is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. If you look at his ERA, the lowest in the modern era, I don't think he takes a backseat to anyone. But I think narrative-wise, I think that some people might think of 2019 when, Jim, he was used incorrectly, right? I mean, Dave Roberts, I have never done a show, Jim, where I don't see hashtag fire Dave Roberts in the comments, right? They would blame this guy for the sinking of the Titanic, right? (laughs) And I am known at times as a Dave defender, but also – and realistic too in 2019 when you had him come out of the bullpen there in game five against the nationals and give up those home runs and you give the home run to soto and to rendon and really just kind of the wheels fell off right there they were trying to rewrite his narrative rewrite his history and i think that you can't do that with someone like clayton kershaw so i think those moments and we know major league baseball in the postseason that's when everyone tunes in that's when your yep. team most likely isn't playing and i think a lot of people tune in for those games so as far as him getting his roses here in Dodgerland, we call him the goat we call him goat shaw i say i'm a devout Christian. i believe in christianity right yep. so outside of that though i still think that the people that know ball people like you they realize that hey this is still one of the greatest pitchers to ever do that but i do mm-hmm. love that your take on shohei otani and the fact that kershaw would return for another year my whole take on Kershaw returning is he's touch and go, right? He's year yep. to year. And I think Dodgers fans too, we look at the contracts that he signs. I mean, you're talking about one year deals for less than $20 million. You're talking about a guy that could go out there and sign 
four or five year deals if he wanted to join the Texas Rangers. He could have done that last offseason. I confirmed based on what I know that they wanted him. They were willing to pay him a good chunk of money to go down and finish his career where he's from. But I think for him, he's more of a Kobe Bryant type. And I mean that what I might mean by that is that he wants to play as long as he's a frontline starter. He doesn't want to be a Vince Carter type, right? He was an all-star, and then he's coming off the bench, right? He's a Kobe Bryant. When he's a ace out there, he's going to want to go out there and compete. So as long as he has that slider that falls off the table, still one of the yep. best pitches, the way he tunnels in, his fastball command is pristine. The Uncle Charlie, the Cooperstown curve is still one of his best pitches. He's added in a split change, so he's continuing to evolve. So the reality is, as long as Clayton Kershaw is healthy, He's going to go out there and give you solid quality starts. He probably is going to give up a home run or two, but if he doesn't walk guys and he keeps them to solo shots, he can still be effective. But yeah, I think getting another World Series title, especially in a series where he can have a big impact, that would be the ultimate bow on his mm-hmm. career. And I think that would shake that narrative that you're talking about. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think there's a lot of jealousy. I think if he was on anybody, any, anyone else that wants to rip him, if he was on their team, they'd love him. Let me ask you this. I talked about it a minute ago that the is a pretty big series coming up this weekend between the Braves and the Dodgers, but that's not the only area where there's a little bit of competition between the Braves and the Dodgers. And that is for national league MVP. Now they got to the gate. It looked like Ronald was going to run away, literally run away with this thing. But Mookie has been really, really good. And I saw, I think maybe it was a short of yours where you did a side-by-side comparison with the two, and there are areas, significant areas, that Mookie is performing, outperforming uh, Ronald Acuna. So, give me your, um, give me your, your, your evidence, your reasoning for Mookie to take the MVP over Ronald when Ronald might do something we've never seen. Right, the thirty home runs, the sixty stolen bases—that's in the bag. We're going to get to a point where we're going to be maybe talking. 30, if he can get hot enough, 40, depending on how hot, because the Dodgers may push him. That may be a side effect here. The Dodgers may push the Braves, and Ronald may need to turn it on. He could get to 70 steals and 40 homers. Um, Give me the argument for Mookie as NL MVP. Yeah, I want to preface it by saying I love Ronald Acuna Jr. as mm-hmm. a player. My fantasy name a few years ago was Acuna Matata. I think he's one of the great stars in the game. It's great to see him back out there and rejoining the game's elite. But Mookie Betts has been the better player this year. I mean, you talk about OPS, he leads the National League in OPS north of 1,000. 35 home runs, he's fourth. He has the advantage there. Way runs created plus. I don't know if you're a big WRC plus guy, but yeah. he's at 172. That leads the mm-hmm. National League. You compare that to Acuna Jr., and he's beating him in that category, too. You look at war, he has been B-war, 7.2 to 6.6. F-war, 7.2, that's tops in the National League. And the case for Acuna, like you said, the stolen bases, 
that really is where the narrative is with him. Also, batting average. I mean, a 335 batting average, that's better than Mookie. But Mookie's still hitting over 300. Now, I want to kind of get back to your point in that it felt like this was a runaway for Acuna Jr. because of how he started the season, because of the stolen bases. And I was saying it's like when you watch the Atlanta Braves games and in between innings, you have that gimmick they do with the freeze and the track star guy, right? Acuna Jr., he was like the fan that's running and he's cruising. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. the freeze comes and pass mm-hmm. him. That's Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is the freeze and he passed Acuna Jr. And I think, too, when you talk about MVP, you know this better than anyone. It's not just about the numbers. It's also about the narrative. And you hold on to that stat that you mentioned with Acuna Jr. with the stolen bases. Yeah, that definitely is something in his favor. But I think on the flip side, you look at Mookie Betts, kind of one of the narratives is the fact that he played shortstop for 14 games this year. The last time that Mookie Betts played shortstop, Jim, was back on July 6, 2012 for Lowell against the Auburn Double Days in low A. And for Mm -hmm. him to play that at the big league level, make it look seamless while also playing second base and picking up offensively when the starting pitching was bad and inconsistent, when the bullpen was bad and inconsistent, I personally believe that Mookie meant more to the Dodgers this year as far as overall winning than Ronald Acuna Jr. meant to, to the Braves. I mean, that, that's a Braves team. They're basically slugging 500 as a team. They're so explosive as a lineup that I think this Dodgers team, without Mookie Betts, they're a third-place team. I think the Braves, without Acuna Jr., they still win that division. Yeah, very fair. I think this gets decided in September. If the Dodgers are able to catch the Braves and and pass and get the number one spot and Mookie is the catalyst, Mookie keeps playing like he's been playing, or even, I mean, obviously this is a tough level the way he's been lately, but if he can be 80, 90% of what he's been, and and if, if you're not, you know, if you haven't been paying attention to how good he's been, look it up uh, because it's it's one of the top over the last couple of weeks. He's, he's one of the, the top players in baseball statistically. It will be difficult to overcome the narrative because Otani probably should have been the MVP last year in the American League, but because Judge hit the hit the home runs, hit the 62 home runs, that was good enough. If Acuna is able to get to 40 and 70, it may be tough to pry that away, even if Mookie's the better player. If Ronald gets there to that accomplishment, Mookie's got to have some accomplishment too. But either way, it's going to be decided in September. Let me ask you real quick. Did you see, I'm sure you saw it, last night in Colorado, the the, the Ronald situation? That's, I'll say this, the fans they've been taken care of. There was actually a third guy that they were able to like thwart him getting there, and he ran back in the stands. There's there's actually some some fan footage where you can see the third guy going back into the stands. How does this happen? I, I, people wanted to crush the security guards. I want to. Cr- I want to get on the Braves. Where the hell were? Where was Michael Harris? Where was Ozzy Albies? There was a bullpen coach or catcher that looked like he was casually walking by as one of the fans had already grabbed Acuna and had him in a, in, a, in a bear hug. If that was Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman's out there before the security guy can get there. I, if, if if that's on my guy, if, if that's George Springer. Vladdy's out there. Whit Merrifield's out there before the security even gets there because you know when it happens. The crowd gets crazy, right? The crowd always amps up when someone's on the field. So you know it's going down. For no Brave to be there until after the second guy had knocked him down, Braves got it. That, that, that team's got that The players got to do better, right? Get in there. They got to be ready to battle. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think I've watched it a few times. I like the person laughing. That's kind of the funniest part for me. But, yeah, I mean, you said it best. I mean, the fact that he practically got tabletopped out there and, God forbid, he gets injured or something happens right. to his knee. That was my biggest fear. But, yeah, you want your right. players out there. You want the better security. I mean, they're a double-A franchise this year. Basically, got a double-A yep. style security team. I guarantee you. The Dodgers security, they're a little aggressive. My man's would have been speared oh, yeah. into the fourth well, row. You if saw that it happen be- at Dodgers at Stadium. the beginning of the year. The guy that was trying to propose to, to his propose. girlfriend exactly. got exactly. destroyed. Yes. I the the Rocky security, they take some blame here. And again, I don't like that. They're the have you seen the angle where they're literally the guy from the Braves? He's he's wearing the the knee, the shin guards, and he's walking yeah. past and he's looking at the, the situation as it's going on, and he doesn't care. And Ronald's in a bear hug. I, Braves players. I, I do. I will say. Yeah, I, I do want to see. I do want to see Mookie's Venmo history to make sure that he didn't break those guys <laughs> off or something like that. I'm not saying Maybe that was like it. that happened. Maybe that You're was right, it. Though, that wouldn't happen to Mookie Betts because Mookie's probably like a black belt, ninth degree black belt oh, in yeah. Taekwondo because he's good at everything. But I did find it interesting after the game that that Acuna Jr. basically said, hey, look, man, they were just wanted a picture. They wanted an autograph or whatever. But the second person, mm. they uh, wanted to looked take like him they out. were a little aggressive and wanted to attack yeah. him. But, yeah, I will say, <laughs> as someone who's on YouTube and you are as well, yeah. that uh, I don't like the slander that people are giving to YouTubers saying that YouTubers are ruining everything as far as that was some stunt or something like that. So, yeah, I don't love it, man. I like – I mean, mm. get your – remember when Gamboa got attacked by that fan and his son – way back in the day, and, like, the, that was kind of no, towards the dugout, though, and all the players just mobbed them. You guys yeah. got to go over there and mob right away. No hesitation. If if a fan gets on the field and you are a player, that's your brother out there, you go and you're ready for battle. There should I mean, We've seen it before where players will kind of hip-check a guy or they'll knock a guy down. It Fans can get to players before security can get there. We've seen it plenty, plenty of time. Um, I got I got to have my players on him. Uh, let me get your expectations for the rest of the way for the Dodgers. Uh, uh, let me give you expectations for the NL West. How's the NL West going to play out? How are the Dodgers? How are things going to play out for the Dodgers? Yeah, I fully expect this team to win this division by, at the very least, seven or eight games. And mm-hmm. hopefully, they are going to be chasing the Braves. I love what you brought up, too, a few seconds ago, that this MVP race isn't decided. I think that's exciting for fans, that we have a legitimate MVP race. Acuna Jr. could have a final hot 30 games and run away with this and win this award, or Mookie Betts could do it and vice versa, right? But I think that there's still something to play for for the Dodgers this year and trying to catch the Braves because Julio Urias is a better pitcher at home for a potential NLCS matchup. So is Clayton Kershaw, right? So they still have stuff to play for, and I'm hoping that at the very least they can make things competitive after a solid series this weekend. So I expect this team to win around 100 games, make it to the postseason. I'm not ready to say they're going to catch the Braves just yet, but I think you're looking at a team that is going to win more than one game in the NLDS. I think they're going to get out of the NLDS, and when they do, and I hope that we get that trilogy with the Braves because I think we need to see that 2020-2021 and hopefully 2023. We didn't get it last year. Those are the two NL heavyweights, and I think they're going to get that matchup in the NLCS, and that's going to determine who's going to win the World Series. Whoever wins that series is going to win the World Series this year. So I'm expecting big things from this Dodgers team I really mm-hmm. am I think there's a grittier bunch I'm, I've been saying for this entire year that the Dodgers are that team where 
you go out there and you got your coworkers that you're cool with and yeah, you're friends, but right when you're done, you guys go your separate ways. These yep. are the coworkers that like hang out after work. They go to the bar together, right? There's great camaraderie and chemistry within this group. And I think this team realizes that you mentioned Kershaw could be gone. Julio's most likely going to be gone. JD Martinez is going to be gone as well. So I think when you look at this group as a whole, they realize that they have to win it this year if they want another ring with this group. So I fully expect them to make things interesting and, who knows, man? You you can never guarantee a World Series. You just can't. Right, but I right. think they're going to make a better run this year than last year. And I think at the very least, their floor is the NLCS right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to give you some rapid fire questions and then we're going to get out of here. Um, and, and we're, we're going to, yeah, these, these are rapid fire. So, so you know, again, you don't, let's, let's give Doug a little bit of break. Anybody that may want to give him a hard time. If, if any of these go wrong, um, will the Padres make the playoffs? No, like I said on my show a few days ago, we had a hurricane and an earthquake in the same day before yeah. the Padres won a world series. So no, yeah, yeah that, I, I am with you on that. Um, I think there is, one for sure NL West team that has a shot at the playoff spot. Give me Philly to make it in. The Cubs are hot. They could get in. If we had to pick an NL West team, Diamondbacks or the Giants, which one is more likely to grab that final wild card spot? I would say, man, the way that the, the Diamondbacks have flailed, I think the Giants possibly could make a run if I had to pick between the two. Okay. Yeah. Again, rapid fire. Don't have to go into a whole ton of expectation, expectation or explanation. Nobody come back and, and try to fire this back at either of us. And last one: Will we see Walker Bueller pitch in a Dodger uniform this year? Yes. Nice. I want that. All right, Doug. Thank you for coming in and joining and doing this. Uh, I, for for let, let let's run through. I want everybody that's listening to know exactly where they can find you uh, on your socials on your platforms. Where can they find you and what you're doing? Yeah, you can follow me on the artist formerly known as Twitter at DMAC underscore LA, DMAC underscore LA on Instagram and TikTok. And also follow our YouTube channel at Dodgers Nation. All the latest Dodgers news and rumors, breakdowns, live streams, and more. You can find us over there. Jim had a great time. Hey, we'd love to have you on our channel sometime to talk some ball, my man. I would love to do it. Thank you for that. And thank you all for listening. I appreciate you coming in. Make sure... If you haven't yet to turn on those automatic downloads so you get the content as soon as it is dropped on the feed. And of course, subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends about the Barreled Up Podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll catch you next time. <laughs>